Nasi will be leading us in the Lord's Prayer and shortly Nikan and Nikia will be lighting our candle. The musicians we have on recording this morning are Paul and Yang Yang. I'm giving you formal notice of our AGM and church meeting which will be held next Sunday morning immediately following the service. So especially if you are in covenant membership with us here, it's really important to do your best to be at that service it's a uh, that meeting sorry it's a fully hybrid meeting and um, whether you're online or on site you will have equal ability to participate but really important to be there if at all possible just another reminder about our church bank accounts that the the one into which we pay our offerings is now open with the co-op bank and is working beautifully i have paid money into it and i have received money from it so i know it's working but if you haven't already made arrangements to update your, your details, if you use bank transfer, please do so. If you're somebody who would like to give by that method and doesn't, then this is a great opportunity to think about setting that up. A number of pieces of family news this morning. Uh, firstly, uh, you'll notice that Anne's not with us again this morning. Good to see Brian able to join us. Um, Anne is not at all well, so we do keep Anne in our thoughts and prayers at this time. Please respect Anne and Brian's privacy also as they just take some time out to recuperate and recover. Uh, we also have a request from Sylvia to pray for her four-year-old niece who has, who's called Berenice. Berenice has quite a serious viral infection, not COVID, um, but it's quite a serious viral infection that's required her to have oxygen. So if we could please hold her in our prayers. And then a piece of absolutely lovely news, and that is that Anise has received an unconditional offer to begin studying to be a nurse at Glasgow Caledonian University. So our congratulations to Anise. Next Sunday, I will be leading morning worship at 11 o'clock, as usual. And so now it is time to light our candle. Thank you. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. This is the time, as are all times. This is the place, as are all places. Here and now, let us worship God. God of all creation, the scriptures teach us that wherever we are, you are with us, that there is nowhere we can hide ourselves from you and nowhere you cannot find us when we feel lost or alone. And for that, we thank you. God of all places and all times, we know that even when it doesn't feel like it, 
whether we are participating live on site and online, or when we're listening to a recording made in the past, you are equally present and active. God of these places and these times, wherever and whenever they are, we pause for a few moments to marvel at the truth that you really are with us, closer even than our own breath. God, in whom the present, the past and the future meet, in whom we live and breathe and have our being, accept our praises and our prayers, offered in Jesus' name. Amen. ای پدر ما که در آسمانی نام تو مقدس باد پادشاهی تو برقرار گردد اراده تو چنان که در آسمان است در زمین نیز انجام گیرد نان روزانه ما را عطا فرما و قرضهای ما را ببخش چنان که ما نیز قرضداران خود را میبخشیم و ما را در آزمایش میاور بلکه از شریر رهایی مانده زیرا پادشاهی قدرت و جلال تا ابد از آن توست آمین first Bible reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 12. Then the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you famous 
and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will place a curse on those who harm you, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left Haran as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. At this time, Abram was 75 years old. Bible reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors of Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. Our third reading is from the book of Acts chapter 1. When the disciples had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth.
Now is the acceptable time. Maybe it's just me, but that seems a bit of a strange thing to say. What do we mean by an acceptable time? One that's good enough, perhaps? One that, on balance, isn't too bad? Certainly, it's a phrase that seems to speak of expedience and perhaps of compromise, rather than something that is perfectly planned, intricately, perfectly timed and intricately planned for. It's certainly not one of those mysterious Kairos moments when it seems as if something supernatural is at work. Perhaps it could be expressed as just, this is as good a time as any. Abram was an old man, and along with his wife and extended household, he lived in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans, probably part of modern-day Iraq. A faithful and God-honouring couple, they had known endless years of disappointment. No heir had been born to them, and now it seemed that when they died of old age, their family line would die with them. And then God said, Go to a land that I will show you and you'll have many descendants. And that had to be good enough. There was no colourful brochure to describe the place they were going to. No itinerary for the journey. Not even a postcode to give them a clue to the destination or a map to find it. Just one word. Go. So at 75 years of age, Abram packed up his belongings and along with Sarai and his household of servants and slaves and employees, perhaps, they set off. It certainly wasn't an ideal time to be embarking on a whole new venture, and there wasn't time to sit down and weigh up the options. Yet, it seems it was an acceptable time, both to God and to Abram, and off he set. And it would be no easy journey Abram and Sarai wouldn't always make wise or God-honouring choices. But God journeyed with them through it all. If we take literally the, the chronology of Genesis, it would be another 25 years before Isaac was born. Long enough for a whole generation to be born and grow up before there was even the first hint that God's promise might be fulfilled. Now, whether it was 25 years or whether it was some other length of time, it was certainly a very, very long time. And if we were to look elsewhere in the Bible, we'd find all sorts of stories of people who walked with God to places and situations about which they knew nothing, trusting that somehow or other it would all work out. In each case, it seems there was an acceptable time, as good a time as any, when they were ready to say, okay, God, let's do this. And so I find myself wondering, how might this be that kind of a time for us? How might we discern or discover the purpose for which this is the acceptable time, for which this is as good a time as any? What is God saying to us? And what might we be being called to leave behind? And what might we be being called to take with us in order to go where God will lead us to future flourishing? The Apostle Paul, writing to a troubled church in Corinth, write some words that are equally beautiful and bewildering, that offer some comfort, but also challenge, as they express how he understands the mystery of the now and not yet nature of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Right through the scriptures, one of the strong themes that keeps coming up is this vision of the new or renewed creation at the end of all time. A date somewhere off in the future when death and sin will be totally eradicated and everything will be made new and whole. 
As a follower of Jesus, Paul realises at an eternal and, big word check, ontological level, so ontological is about being, this work has already been achieved in Christ. In other words, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone chooses to follow Jesus, there is a new creation. That decision to follow Jesus takes us a step closer to the realisation and fulfilment of God's promise. We can't see it yet, but this is the goal of the journey that we are on as those who follow Jesus. A destination to which we are travelling, but also something we anticipate now. Something we try to live out now. And that's what inspires us to keep going here and now, even when it's hard, even when things don't always make sense. And it's because of this, says Paul, that we are called to be Christ's ambassadors. Maybe some of you have been to an embassy. I have never been to an embassy. The only kind of vague hint I have as what an embassy might be like is those old advertisements for Ferrero Rocher chocolates with this grand opulent party and, oh, Mr. Ambassador, with these chocolates, you are spoiling us. I can't do fake whatever it was accents. But this kind of image of embassies as all sort of fun and beautiful parties and wealth but actually behind all the scenes they're places of hard work where things are done to build and sustain relationships between nations to live and to work in a context that may be very different from somebody's home the place that they've come from ambassadors leave their home and go to somewhere else to work and it's as citizens of God's new creation God's country, if you like, that we are to serve as ambassadors here on earth, to live and work in a context where values and expectations can be very different from our own, to share the insights and the understanding we have as followers of Jesus as we build relationships, not just between ourselves, but beyond the relatively safe limit of our embassy that is the church. If Abram was sent out on his own, with his just wife and his immediate household, as a pioneer or explorer into an unknown place, we as ambassadors are sent out together into places or contexts of which we may know very little. The word that Jesus used himself to describe these people was witnesses. Perhaps God says something like this. It's as good a time as any. Off you go and show people what my values and my life look like in the here and now. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find journeys can get very long and very tiring. If you've had to endure delays or cancellations on your public transport or you've been stuck in a traffic jam on the motorway or the road, it's so easy to find ourselves asking the question that we often say is what children ask. Are we nearly there yet? How much longer is this journey going to go on for? In the book of Acts, Luke records a final conversation between Jesus and his followers when this is basically the question they ask him. Is this the time then when you'll restore Israel? Are we nearly there yet? We've followed you all these years. We've shared in the extremes of emotion. Surely, Jesus, surely the end of the journey must be nearly there. And I think his reply to them must have been really disappointing. He said, it isn't for you to know the times and the seasons. It's for you to keep on travelling until the journey reaches its goal. Not the end of time then for them, but another acceptable time. A time to be accepted as the journey carries on. A journey that will need them to leave home. Some of them will go to people who are like them. Some of them to people who are not like them. And some even to people about whom they as yet know nothing. Jerusalem, Judea, Samara, the ends of the world. 
Off you go, says Jesus, or God, away from the well-worn paths, beyond the familiar places, and show people what it looks like to follow me. Does that sound kind of familiar? Does that sound a bit like where we find ourselves now in 2022? When I was doing my research for this reflection during the week, I found that some Bible translations, rather than accurately translating the words that Katrina read to us from 2 Corinthians as the acceptable time, make an interpretive choice to write the time of God's favour. And that kind of threw me, like, well, how have they got to there from there? So I remembered my basic knowledge of New Testament Greek. It was pretty rusty, but hey-ho. I got the lexicons off the shelf, and I discovered that the word used in this letter from Paul is euros dekos, something like that, which generally is translated as acceptable. But the U bit, the EU at the beginning, means well or good, and the sort of prosdekos is about receiving or accepting. So the well-received time or the well-accepted time. So some translators have chosen to spot that there's a very similar thing in the prophet Isaiah that talks about the year of God's favour and they've thought, oh, that must be what Paul is referring to. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. I think they're wrong, personally, but I'm not a proper Greek scholar. But what if what is being said is something about what seems to us like an acceptable time, as good a time as any, is a time that God will see as well received, that God is pleased to receive? What if God, seeing us facing unchosen challenges by setting out on a journey into the unknown, because we believe Jesus calls us to, what if God says, I will receive that gladly and gratefully as an act of worship, as your gift to me? I'll be thrilled to bits, says God, if at such a time as this, you go and do this. In other words, what might it mean for us to step out in faith to live as Christ's ambassadors, believing that God is going to really be delighted with that. Not a naive kind of, well, if we do what Jesus wants, it'll all be fine and it'll be roses all the way and smooth paths and it'll just be little gentle rainstorms and nice sunny days. Not meaning that at all. But trusting that the God of Abraham and Sarai is the same God that we meet in Jesus and the God who promises to walk with us always through the ups and downs, through the valleys, over the hills, in the traffic jams, when the trains are delayed, whatever it is. Are we nearly there yet? Almost certainly not. Is this an acceptable time? As good a time as any when we can say, okay, God, we'll go with you wherever that takes us. I hope so. Is it a well-received time? A time offered as a gift to the God who will gladly receive it and delight in our willingness to embark on such an adventure? I believe that it is. Perhaps we can continue to ponder that possibility as we sing our next hymn, God is hope and God is now.
According to my records, we last sang that five years ago, and we sang it five years before that. So I think you're okay. You've sung it for the next five years. You don't have to worry about not getting your tongue round the tune or everything. Well done for giving it a go. Let's come to God now with our prayers for others and for each other. Let's pray. Is this an acceptable time, God, to bring our prayers? Are you so busy with the challenges of loving and redeeming all creation that you don't have time to listen to us? Or is this a time that you will receive with gladness, pleased that we have chosen to focus our hearts and minds, sharing with you important thoughts and feelings? We hope, more than that, we dare to believe that it really is as good a time as any. And so, however inadequate our words, we pray. Firstly, we take time to pray for ourselves and those whom we love best, who share our lives and know our secrets. We thank you for these special people in whom it is safe to confide and to trust us enough to do the same. Help us to be the companions we seek to be as life partners, as relatives, as friends, or however our lives intertwine. Next, we pray for our church community, seeking to hear your voice in and through each other as we travel together through life. <coughs> we thank you for the tech team who share their skills and their time to enable us to worship wherever we are and however we connect. We pray for those who are unwell, especially thinking of Anne and of Sylvia's niece, Berenice, praying that they will soon be restored to health. From our prayer diary, we name before you Jennifer, Neil and Jensen, Yang Yang, Antoinette and Spencer, Bayar and his family, Talash, Joy, our BMS mission partner. Adi, Moje, Esther and David. Elham, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia. Some in Glasgow. Some far away. In France. Nepal. Kenya. And the Bahamas. These are our companions in faith and our siblings in Christ. As you watch over them in love and accompany them each day, may they find comfort in adversity and courage in challenge as you are with them. Less well known to us, and often simply names on a list, are the churches in our Baptist Union of Scotland. Yet these two are co-workers with Christ, and witnesses or ambassadors in other places. We pray for Leith Baptist Church, whose journey sees them walking alongside carers and toddlers, and learning to worship informally, gathered around tables. The Lowick Baptist Church, who have been joined on their journey by youth pastor Lee Williamson and his family. For Leslie Baptist Church, 
who seek wisdom for their next steps following renovation of their premises as they seek to serve their community. For those who participate in the Baptist Union's Lead Academy programme and for those who serve as part of the Scottish Baptist Lay Preachers Association, each sharing with others in the adventure of being church and walking with God. Moving outwards again, we pray for those who serve as Christ's ambassadors with BMS World Mission. This week, our focus is on those empowered to embark on new projects or to explore new possibilities funded by BMS Mission Innovation Fund. We give thanks for workers in Bangladesh, in North Africa, Nepal, Thailand and Peru, who have discerned that this is as good a time as any to serve God in new ways and are stepping out in faith to do so. Globally, nationally and locally, there is so much that concerns us. From industrial action by those just recently hailed as key workers. Neighbours faced with choices of whether to heat or to eat. Refugees and asylum seekers fleeing persecution. The consequences of conflict and consumerism. Climate chaos. Widespread political corruption and with the imminent appointment of a new UK Prime Minister. It feels like an impossible mountain to climb. It feels like trying to wade through quicksand. And yet you call us to walk with you as your ambassadors in this world at this time. So show each one of us how this is as good a time as any for us to commit to one small thing to make a difference. And then help us to fulfill that promise as we offer you our prayer. All these things we pray in the name of Christ, who has promised to walk with us always, to the very end of time itself. Amen. Anxious people, cloaks wrapped around them, possessions bundled up ready to go into the unknown as soon as one last rushed dinner was eaten. Jesus' friends remembered the story of how God had led their forebears out of captivity in Egypt and into a seemingly interminable journey led by Moses, clinging to the promise of a homeland. A borrowed room, another final meal, familiar but with new significance. Then betrayal, arrest and execution. Jesus' followers have told the story and relived the moment in countless places and countless times. The Mass, Holy Communion, 
the Lord's Supper, the breaking of bread. Oftentimes formalised and thoughtful, a well-practised ritual with familiar forms of words. But sometimes, just sometimes, unexpectedly informal, spontaneous in joy or hurried in the face of imminent circumstances. Companions, sharers of bread, food for the journey, whether that is gladly chosen or reluctantly accepted. Now we gather in these acceptable moments, as good a time as any, to offer to God our love and our lives, recalling with gratitude all that God has done and is doing for us and for all creation. And so we're going to listen to familiar words of the Apostle Paul. And as we do so mysteriously, we join with countless others across time and space. He writes in English translation. I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Flour made from grains grown in distant fields, transported to bakeries and baked into goods sold in shops. For these we thank you, God of health. Juice of grapes, grown in vineyards and gardens, pressed, packaged and sold in shops. For these two we thank you, God of joy. Bread broken, wine poured, symbols of significance and tokens of the heavenly banquet. For these we thank you, God of hope. May we who eat and drink find refreshment for the journeys that lie ahead of us. Amen. So Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, he broke it and he shared it with his friends. And he said, whenever you eat bread, remember me. Call to mind this moment that was good enough. This moment that changed history forever. Let's eat and remember. And at the end of the meal, Jesus took a cup of wine. And he said, this wine seals the new covenant. The new two-way promise between earth and heaven, between God and humanity and all creation. This symbolises my sacrifice, which redeems all things. Whenever you drink wine or juice, whatever you use. Remember me. So let's do that.
Let us pray. Christ has died for us, defeating death and sin. Christ has risen. The new creation is begun. Christ walks with us always, from the old things to the new things and everywhere in between. Amen. wondering I chose that hymn partly because the words of the chorus are attributed to those who set off on the Mayflower to go to a new land because they were struggling to express their faith here in the British Isles. They didn't get everything right but they trusted that God journeyed with them. May God bless us as we journeyed onwards from all that is old until all is made new. And in the meantime, may we know the companionship of the God who journeys with us, creating, redeeming and sustaining all things. Amen.